When it comes to politics and entertainment, does anyone really want to be bombarded with wokeness when watching a movie or television series or went out at a concert? We'll talk about that today on the Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 203 of the Random Thoughts podcast spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, I want to talk a little bit about the intersection of politics and political messaging along with entertainment. Because I think a lot of people are tired of the fact that those two things have come together. And this is something that I don't know if we can point to a moment. Because I think this has been going on my whole life to a certain extent. Where there was some political messaging coming through. I think that's always been the case with entertainment. But it seems like more recently. The political messaging has become the reason to do the entertainment because they want to spread a message. They want to get you thinking a different way. And the reality is entertainment is a good way to do these things. It's a good way to change somebody's mind, whether they realize their mind is being changed or not, because things are presented in a certain way. And certain sides are presented in a positive light and certain sides are presented in a negative light. Now, that's definitely the case, depending on what news network that you turn on. But it's also the case now in your entertainment. I was going to say primetime entertainment, but I'm not sure anybody really watches or cares that much about primetime television anymore. I think a lot of the successful primetime television shows are just being streamed now and binged and we're going to talk a little bit about that aspect of it as well but i saw this week finally because it's now available to get it on my own system at home a copy of top gun maverick which overall i didn't rewatch the original top gun I thought maybe afterwards I should have because there were definitely a lot of callbacks in this movie. But the takeaway is not any spoiler here or anything. I don't think there's going to be any surprise because this has been covered a, a lot. That the behemoth that is Top Gun Maverick is not following along the lines of so many movies and so many television shows now, so many streaming shows. Because it's not woke. The original Top Gun got a little bit of flack for being nothing more than a commercial for the United States Navy. And I don't think that was really fair as well, but it definitely helped enrollment. There, You go back and look, there was a little bit of a wave of people after Top Gun. It was like, hey, that looks pretty exciting. Maybe that's something I want to do. Go serve my country. And this was no different 
beautifully shot. There were some great scenes in it. It pulled at the heartstrings, bringing Val Kilmer back as Iceman. And I think this showed overall that America especially is ready for entertainment that can once again just be escapism. And I think that's something that is leading to the overall problems we're having in this country right now. The fact that everybody sings, uh, seems a little bit more angry. I think it's because we used to have a lot of outlets. And if you didn't want to follow politics, you didn't have to because it wasn't being shoved down your throat. Now, I don't know if you can avoid it. You turn on the NFL, there's people kneeling and saying they hate America. Soccer, same way. Baseball's had issues, maybe a little bit less. Hockey, maybe has skated through. I mean, pun intended. Without a whole lot of the political stuff, but the entertainment as far as movies and television shows, oh my God. It has become like they have a checklist. And if it doesn't fit the checklist, it's like, well, you need this many of this many people. You need this many that are of this sexual orientation. You need this many of the LGBTQ. You need this. And storytelling has gone out the window. Storytelling is dying because you can no longer tell a straight out story. You have to include the politics. You have to have so many gay characters. I remember it was one of the a black actor that said he's there's not this many gay black guys in the world, but it seems like every television show has one. And that's fine if the show calls for it or if it brings the storyline ahead. But it seems like a lot. Things are just being forced into it's like a puzzle piece being forced into a puzzle that it wasn't made for. And. That's where entertainment starts having a little bit of an issue. And Maverick had none of that. Maverick was just fun. It was a feel-good movie, which I don't know. If you've seen a lot of feel-good movies recently, and maybe I'm just missing them because I've jumped off the movie bandwagon because of this kind of a concept. Top Gun Maverick was the first movie that I've watched in a long, long time. So if there's something else out there that kind of fits that bill, feel free to reach out and let me know. Television the same way, which is why I keep going back further and further and further into the past, looking for other television shows that were made before the wokeism started. When you could have a feel-good show, a little bit of escapism, not getting a political message, not getting a social message just enjoying a story that people put together because they thought the story was important or entertaining. And when it crosses over the whole political thing into the entertainment realm, you're going to get a backlash, some more than others. We talked about the Halsey concert, I believe it was, that when the whole abortion thing came out with the Supreme Court, she made some comments. People got mad. She said, if you don't like it, leave. And they did. And some people were really uh, surprised by that. I'm not. I remember having an issue way back when going to a concert to see a local band here where, you know, at the time, 
I didn't think George Bush was all that bad of a guy. And I still don't know. I mean, there's a lot of uh, black and white, but there's a whole lot of gray. But I wasn't really happy that the lead singer was like, ah, flipping off George Bush and F this and F that. And it was like, you know, that's taking me out of because I disagree with you politically. You're taking me out of the music and there's no reason for that. I will carve out a little area here when it comes to music for artists that have always been and will always be political. When it comes down to somebody like Steve Earle, I'd be really surprised if you went to see Steve Earle and you didn't get some liberal ramblings. Now, Bruce Springsteen, I know the further we go into his life, now that he's in his mid-70s or so, that he's gotten more and more political as far as being backing a candidate. Back in the early days, I mean, Bruce didn't even want his image on MTV because he thought that was bad. Now he sold his whole catalog. Go figure, right? The guy who's out there pumping up the socialist like Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders? Who's Bernie Sanders? Is that like Bernie Sanders mixed with turds? I don't know. I can't speak very well for some reason today, but he's out there and he is putting his musical weight behind socialists. And then he goes and sells his musical catalog for like half a billion dollars or something obscene like that. And to me, that just says, yay, capitalism. But I've seen Bruce in concert and wasn't really in the, uh, in the case then was not really like it was a political thing. I mean, there may have been mention here and there. He was mad back in the eighties when Ronald Reagan tried to use born in the USA as a pro United States song. and. In that case, I have to give Bruce some props because if anybody would listen to the lyrics of Born in the USA beyond the chorus, which is really just Born in the USA, Born in the USA, Born in the USA, Born in the USA. I mean, Bruce was kind of stuck on finding different words, but repetition, people like repetition. But if you listen to the words of Born in the USA, it was not a positive, happy-go-lucky song about the United States. It was about guys that went off to war and their life was not good after. And the price that they paid. So it really was kind of strange to use that as a campaign song, except, you know, somebody cut out the chorus and they went, yeah, this is a rah-rah USA song because they missed the point. But otherwise, I'd seen Bruce and enjoyed the concerts because I think Bruce leads the best damn bar band in all the land. When it comes to the E Street Band, I don't know if it ever got any better, especially back when Clarence Clemens was still around, Danny Federici. I mean, they've lost some members now due to being old and dying. But back in the day, it was fun to go to that concert, and it was still an escapism thing to go see Bruce Springsteen, enjoy the music, and it didn't matter if you had different political views because that was not a main part of the show. So when I went to see this little band here and they pulled that out, it's like, I was like, oh, why do you have to do that? And I remember it had to be in the time of like Twitter being around or maybe I emailed because I remember reaching out to this guy afterwards and he's like, um, okay, you know, I get it. We should have a beer at the next show. And this is how people should be. I mean, it should be like, okay, I get your side. I understand maybe why you were upset about that, but here's my side. Let's have a conversation about it. Not anymore. Not anymore. It is very 
one-sided and a band that I like because I like Irish punk, which I know, I mean, it's hard to find good conservative Irish punk. Ken Casey of the Dropkick Murphys has been going on some anti-MAGA rants in the concerts recently. And it's interesting seeing this because I haven't been at these concerts. But at some of them, according to an article on Breitbart, when he's out there going through these rants, a Let's Go Brandon chant has started, which is very interesting to me. But it's very punk music right there. It's very punk rock when the guy from the band starts spewing something you don't like. So you start spewing something right back. And I think that's the way that it should be. But it's interesting. These quotes have been going around and the audio is going around. And I won't pull the audio because it's a little too profane for what we've been doing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. But at the one show recently at the Allentown Fairgrounds in Pennsylvania, the lead singer again, Ken Casey of the Dropkick Murphy said, if you're out there buying those effing hats, meaning those Make America Great Again hats, that these swindlers are selling at that effing fair, then you are part of the problem and I'll tell you why. Because you are being duped by the greatest swindler in the history of the world, obviously referring to Donald Trump. I mean, I don't know who else he could be referring to, did not say Donald Trump by name. But Ken Casey of the Dropkick Murphy says, all y'all buying the MAGA hats are being duped by the greatest swindler in the history of the world. And I think one that's giving Trump a lot of credit if he is actually a swindler, because then he is the greatest we have ever seen. But the only thing that came to my mind when seeing that clip, and again, big Dropkick Murphys fan, already have their new album on order coming out on vinyl, and it's a bunch of protest songs. That's the kind of music they do, you know, Woody Guthrie and all that, a bunch of liberal stuff. Still like the music, sue me. But the thing that came to my mind when I hear him saying, y'all are being swindled, and he doesn't say y'all. I don't know why I'm going into a Nashville kind of a Southern thing here. But when he says you're being duped by the greatest swindler in the history of the world, I'm like, how do you know you're not the one being duped? And that's always where I come down with a lot of this political stuff, because I follow a lot of this closely, but I do not have firsthand knowledge. I understand that what I'm getting from the media, from social media, all of this is secondhand information. And I don't know if any of it is true. So when somebody is way so sure that Donald Trump is the swindler and, you know, not the people on the other side, I mean, not Nancy Pelosi, not Hillary Clinton, not Chuck Schumer. No, they're all really nice. They're perfectly honest. But the other guy's a swindler. Those are the people that scare me. Because it's not even that you don't have an open mind. It's like, it seems like you've been the one that's been brainwashed while you're telling everybody else they've been brainwashed. And that is where the problem lies. Because at that point, you cannot have a conversation with those folks because it breaks down entirely. You can't sit down and say, well, hey, let's look at the facts. Let's look at some simple things, some simple points one by one. They just don't allow you to do that. They're the types that say, ah, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, Bill O'Reilly, they lie about everything. And then I'm like, well, okay, at the start of every show, Bill O'Reilly says, hi, I'm Bill O'Reilly. Is that a lie? Well, no, that's not a lie. Well, then you just said he lies about everything. 
you see where that can't be true anymore. And then they go nuts and they feel like you want to blow your brains out when you have to deal with people like that. But I understand that these folks, Ken Casey of the Dropkick Murphys, Bruce Springsteen, anybody that has a platform, they probably feel that they should be using that platform in order to push their political ideology because we were at that point now in history where it seems like it is so important for people to get out and vote, and I believe that it is. But these are people that believe they are spewing righteousness. I don't think that Ken Casey, Bruce Springsteen, most of these artists that are out there that I believe have bought the big swindle from the left, that the world is going to end in 10 years because of global warming. Oh, my God, you have to get vaccinated or the whole world's going to end. They believe this stuff. They absolutely believe it 100%. There is no question in their minds. And I believe that is why we have long since passed a tipping point because you can't bring people back. You can't bring them back from the edge because the other side has been deemed the enemy. Why do you think the guy from the Dropkick Murphys is going so crazy out there and spewing all of these profanities about Trump and the MAGA people? Because he's drank the Kool-Aid and he believes they are evil. Doesn't believe they're just wrong. Literally believes that they're evil. And me, on the other hand, I'm like, well, no, I see uh, Nancy Pelosi and I see evil. I see Chuck Schumer and I see evil. I see Joe Biden and I see a guy whose brain is mush. But at some point was probably evil. I mean, we know Joe was very anti-crime. There's a lot of video to prove that. Now he's okay with it. Joe was very anti-abortion as a good Catholic boy. Now he's promoting it. You ask yourself why that is. It's like, well, it's either evil or Joe is now just a puppet who doesn't really even know what he's doing. But this is what people want to get away from, I think. I don't know anybody. If there's somebody out there as well, let me know. You're the type of person who's like, I need more politicization in my music and in my movies and in my television shows for me to be entertained. I want that in there. I mean, if the LGBTQ messages aren't in there every third line, I am just not enjoying the television show at all. If that's you, let me know. Because I think most people want a little bit of escapism. And I think it's okay to want a little bit of escapism. And I do believe that that is a huge part of the problem is that you can no longer escape from the insanity no matter where you turn, unless you turn to things that are older. You can go to older movies, like the original Top Gun. And you can go to older television shows. Now, I don't know if you can do this on the streaming services as much. And I really am not a fan of the streaming services. Because the reality is, they really don't have what I want. The streaming services, as much as you've been promised, it is very interesting to me looking for older shows that I know are around, shows that you know you could buy on DVD if you want to. That means they're available on a streaming service if somebody wanted to pay the rights to put them out there. But the reality is there's not a lot of these shows that are actually on these streaming services. There's a website I go to called Just Watch. 
And you can look for anything you want there and be like, is it streaming? And it'll tell you if it's streaming on Apple. It'll tell you if it's streaming on Amazon, if it's on Hulu, if it's on Netflix, wherever it is. And there's a lot of the older shows that I like to watch, you know, just the mindless kind of shows, the old sitcoms, you know, when things were actually funny and you can make jokes that the whole world wouldn't be like, oh, my God, I'm offended. And a lot of these things have just disappeared unless you have the DVDs yourself or maybe find a way to download them illegally, which is why I think piracy has gone back into the mainstream at this point, because one, there's way too many streaming services. They are way too expensive. And the reality is what's on those streaming services. Not always or probably not usually what you want to see. And I was looking for a little more escapism, always looking for different television shows, especially stuff that I haven't seen before, although I don't mind rewatching shows, especially if it's a number of years that have passed. It's kind of interesting to go back and see what you remember and what you don't. For the sitcoms, not really a big deal because there's not a point coming up in the show that you know happened that that was the whole bit like, oh, who shot JR? I mean, well, if you know going in, then. It's not that much fun. And yes, that is a Dallas reference. And that makes me feel old. But I went to start recently watching the OC. And I blame this completely on Bandrew Scott of the Bandrew Says podcast and the podcastage channel. He does great stuff on YouTube. You should check it out. But he mentioned that he wanted to go back. So he had watched this before to a simpler time. And this was the early 2000s melodrama, The O.C., featuring Rachel Bilson, Misha Barton, uh, Adrian Brody, right? That's his name. A bunch of people that the cast, it was very interesting that a bunch of the people in The O.C. also had pretty prominent roles in Entourage, which is a completely, well, kind of completely different kind of show. But the OC about one season through, and I will say it is a teenage soap opera with, of course, 20 somethings playing the high school students, which is also kind of a weird thing. And it's always been done, maybe not anymore, because we're at the time where a gay actor has to play a gay character and a straight guy better not play gay. So I don't know how you have people in their 20s playing a 16 year old, but that's what you had back in the 2000s when the OC came out. And I will say it is pretty good escapism, very pretty scenery and well shot. The storylines are typical of what you would expect in a soap opera kind of setting. But the one thing that is not there is none of the woke stuff. And this is a show that could not be made anymore because there's really no black friends around. You know, this doesn't happen. There's no gay character yet that has, well, one person's dad ended up being gay. But beyond that, there's no, none of the main characters are gay. So this could not go in today's world because you couldn't tell that story because it doesn't fit the LGBTQ narrative, but still a very valid story. I mean, the reality still is. Most people are straight, and I don't care that people are gay. Those stories need to be told, but not at the expense of we have to shut down. Oh, it's a white guy, straight white guy. No, I can't tell that story. 
So it has been, at least so far here through most of the first season, a decent bit of escapism. It's a show we have not seen before. So that is always a plus rather than rewatching a bunch of the old sitcoms that, again, non woke. So you can sit back and not have to feel like you're trying to relax. And instead, you're getting a political lecture. So I'm going to give so far. I mean, there's still like three seasons to go, but so far I'm giving a thumbs up. So congratulations, Bander. You got me watching the OC. And because of that, a weird thing, we were watching the NASCAR race and there is an Xfinity commercial that they played like every commercial break. Oh, you can do better on your cellular, whatever it is. And the narrator, obviously Misha Barton. It's like, I now cannot unhear that. So we'll see how the OC goes and then maybe what? Dawson's Creek, One Tree Hill. Where do you go from there? I don't know. I do have a root canal tomorrow, so I'll probably sit around for a couple of hours after that watching something. I'm sure I'll find something good. But I do want to thank everybody for tuning in, lending me your ear, giving me your time. It is very much appreciated. This is a show that works on the value for value model, which means these shows go out. There's no paywall. You get to consume them to your heart's content. And if you've gotten any value out of the show whatsoever, it's up to you to get some value back to us. You can do so by going to our website, Random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com slash donate, clicking the donate button or using the QR codes or wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing, using the P.O. box address, if you want to go the old snail mail route, and you can even go over to Patreon.com slash Random Thoughts if you want to go that route. If you're in the Patreon ecosystem, that works. And if you have a podcasting 2.0 enabled app, if not, go to newpodcastapps.com. But if you have one of those, you can boost us. You can send us some Satoshis. It's the new way to listen to podcasts, to interact with podcasts, and to share value with your favorite podcasters. Check that out. We do have a few people to thank for today's show, including our buddy Chew the Kooky. With his $15 monthly donation coming in via snail mail, that is very much appreciated. And then going over across the pond to the UK, Stu Coates coming in with the non-satanic $6.66 donation. That is appreciated. And then over on Patreon, Brian Janak, Dennis Woods, and Tim Heasel all on the $5 a month plan. That is all very much appreciated. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. Let me know if you have any television shows or movies you'd recommend that are completely non-woke because the less woke, the better. With all of that said, I will be back next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 